Can you lift up your hands unto the Lord? Hallelujah. Has God been good to anybody? Oh, in the name of Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, help us today. Come on, Spirit of the Lord is in this place today. He's come here to help us. Amen. I want Brother Mike Barber to come up to the front. I want some men. And can we gather around and pray for him? Amen. There's an anointing on his life. Come on. This is what, this is what church is all about. We draw strength from full wells. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, the devil loved to kick us when we're down, but the Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name. I want you to lay hands on him and pray, spirit of faith, God, whatever you've given me, I want you to place it into him. Come on, church. In the name of Jesus. That's it, brother. Go ahead and burst forth with new wine. That's it, brother. Come on, where two or three are gathered in my name. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we rebuke the voice of the devil. We rebuke every distraction. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. What the enemy meant for my evil, God, turn it around for the good. Come on, let's pray till we get a breakthrough. Come on, let's pray till we burst through the, the strategies of the adversary. Yeah. Walls are coming. Yeah, that's it. Go ahead, brother. Do what the Holy Ghost tells you. Come on, come on, pray in the Holy Ghost, that's it. Come on, where two or three are gathered in my name, there will I also be in the midst of them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Satan, you're a liar. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it, brother, that's it, push. Come on, that's it. Rejoice. I give it all to you, Jesus. That's it, brother. Come on. Rejoice with them that rejoice. Jesus' name. Oh, clap your hands and rejoice. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we praise your mighty name, oh God. Woo. Come on, every hand lifted up in the house right now. Every hand lifted up as you find your seats. Amen. I want you to pray, God. I want you to pour out your spirit upon us today. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to 
Hallelujah. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. This is, this is what church is all about right here. This is, you let the Holy Ghost do what it does. Amen. How many feel the presence of God in this place? Amen. Why don't you look at your neighbor, shake their hand, and say, I'm getting a blessing today. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in the place today. There's something about when God's people show up at the same place. Amen. I want to be at the right place at the right time when he comes back. How many know he's coming back? He's on his way. The chariot wheels are turning, brother. The angels are getting ready to blow that trumpet like that good brother was. It's anointed. Woo. There's something about that trumpet. I think God's trying to warm us up. Amen. Hallelujah. What a good God. What a good God. The Bible says in I believe it's Hebrews chapter 2. It says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. 
God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the worlds to come, but one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels, thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thine hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he hath put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him, for whom are all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Anybody thankful that he suffered for us today? Come on, clap your hands and give God praise in this place. Come on, anybody thankful that he suffered so you didn't have to? Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Going to the book of Daniel chapter 1, verse 1. I feel good in the house. And uh, I want to commend this church for your worship spirit of gratitude amen it's just a wonderful spirit here today man people are excited to come to the house of God isn't that something and uh, you could feel the excitement in the atmosphere and, uh, you know the old saints used to say put on your Sunday best hallelujah and uh, amen you've put on your Sunday best some of the old saints used to say, my Sunday go to meeting outfit. Praise God. Reserve those clothes for God. Hallelujah. And uh, just want to let you know it's, it's felt. And man, just a tremendous flow of God's spirit, the exuberance of worship, man, the prayer, and people, people showing up to church on time. Praise God. Come on now. I'm a preacher, so you know I got to ruffle a few feathers before I leave. <laughs> don't be to work. Don't be on. Don't, don't be on time for work. Come late to church now. I was at a hotel not too long ago, and I was uh, walking past, and I looked. I was going through the gym or the cafeteria. I looked up on the screen and had Monday Night Raw, 8 p.m. 7 Central. Y'all know what Monday Night Raw is, don't you? That's wrestling. That's what grown men keep playing, but I might lose the crowd. But don't, 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 don't leave me now. You know, Monday Night Raw is when millions of viewers get together at 8 p.m. 7 Central to watch a grown man. Lord, please help America. <laughs> a scantily clad grown man. hugging and wrestling another group. See, this is why the world needs the church, because we'll put you in order, praise God. <laughs> Amen. Hey, but you know, if they're going to show up on time for that, I'm going to show up on time for church, praise God. <laughs> Amen. 
right. That's right. Amen. Uh, my, my, my. What a good God. I give honor to your pastor. How many thankful for your pastor? Amen. I, uh, you know, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. And I, I remind that about God. I, I mean, I know as far as God loving us was something, but as far as something to be, you know, the Bible says when a man thinketh himself to be something, when he's really nothing, you just deceive yourself. Uh, you are something in God's eyes as far as God loving you, worthiness to God, all that. But when it comes to boasting and bragging in your own strength, in your own hands, we, we're nothing. We can't brag about nothing. So I, I don't, I'm not trying to sound arrogant up here or, or overly confident. I mean, I just know what God has spoken to me about, and uh, I'm going to deliver that word today. And, uh, and the reason why I'm saying that is because the more I travel, uh, the more I've been saying, I'm thankful for my pastor, but I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I do receive my pastor's wife's word as well. All right now. Because, you know, you, you're living in a day where people will be like, well, I'm all right with the pastor. Let me know something. But ain't nobody else going to tell me nothing. Well, the Bible says be subject one to another. I mean, we don't only just have a pastor's wife. We got elders in the church. People that have weathered the storm. People that can show you how to get through some stuff and do it correctly rather than just packing up your bags and leaving. Is this all right? All right, let me, let me hurry up. Let me, amen. Now, I might ruffle your feathers. Now, I'm not going to pluck you, though. I'm just kidding. Amen. I'm just having fun. Amen. Daniel chapter 1. Amen. <clears throat> going to Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. And then we'll flip over to Revelation chapter 18, verse 1. Is that all right? Amen. Daniel chapter 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem. Somebody say Babylon. Babylon. Amen. That king come from Babylon. Babylon is a type of the world. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to, to the Lun from the east side unto the west side. Or excuse me to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and the king's seed of the princes, children in whom was no blemish. Somebody say, that's me. But well-favored, say, that's me. Skillful in all wisdom, say, that's me. Cunning in knowledge, say, that's me. Understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end, of, at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, unto Hananiah of Shadrach, Mishael of Meshach, and Azariah, Abednego. Somebody say Babylon. Amen. Going to Revelation chapter 18, verse 1. I'm going to tie these two together. Amen. 
And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power. And the earth was lightened with his glory, and he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the great is fallen. Whew, hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost. Habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Hallelujah. Amen. Babylon has always been a type of this world, a type of the transgressor, a type of the road that will send you to hell. Babylon is a world. And in the Bible in the Old Testament gives us the physical dimensions of Babylon. But when you read Revelation, you understand that the Bible is not just talking about a physical location. It's a spiritual message. And he says, Babylon has fallen. And so my message today is that there is a breakthrough in Babylon. Amen. There is a breakthrough in Babylon. What are you saying? I'm saying I know you turn on the news and I know you hear it on the radio. I know you see the newspaper articles and you shake your head and you say, what kind of world am I living in? But I want to tell you, everybody ain't living in that world. There's still breakthroughs going on in the church. There's still revival going on. There's still backsliders coming back. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. There's still spiritual blessings, financial blessings. God is still delivering, setting people free from a life of depression, a life of narcotics and drugs. Come on, any witnesses in the house? There's still a breakthrough in Babylon, Brother Thomas. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. God, we ask you in the name of Jesus that you bless us today. In the mighty name of Jesus, somebody say, speak to me, God. Amen. You may be seated. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Thank you for standing. Amen. I, uh, the Lord laid it upon me a few, a few weeks ago to tell a story that I'm not really comfortable sharing with because like Paul I know that within my flesh dwelleth no good thing. And when I tell you a story it's it's not to seem like I'm more spiritual than anybody here just it was a place and a time uh, that something happened in my life and uh, if you stick with me through this message I like to tell this story at the end. Is that all right? Uh, Babylon is the world that you and I live in today. When you look at Babylon and you begin to study Babylon uh, in the scriptures, you find out very quickly that Babylon is always a typification. It typifies the wickedness and the way of the wicked and the way of the evil. It typifies those that want to party their life away. They're living in Babylon. Uh, people that get off work on Friday night and they stop down at the local gas station, they pick up a 12-pack and they get in that car theirs and you don't know where they're going, they're going off to Babylon. Babylon is a place where the devil holds his prisoners as slaves. Uh, people that are bound by pornography, Abound in Babylon. 
Uh, people that are bound in the nightlife and the club life are bound up as slaves to the devil in Babylon. Uh, people that can't break the habit of nicotine and alcohol and drugs and pills and that wayward life from pillar to post, from couch to cushion, are bound up by the devil as a slave in Babylon. Amen. But God has sent his message and he has placed his church right smack dab in the middle of Babylon. And he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. He said, and the gates of hell won't prevail against you. That means depression won't prevail. That means negative family members won't prevail. That means the devil won't prevail. Come on. That means your past won't prevail. Oh, clap your hands and give God some praise in this place on a Sunday. Woo. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus brings his disciples. Rome. Amen. Babylon. You go back and you study those great Caesars, those wicked, perverse, dark Caesars of Rome. It was just like Babylon. It was a day of decadence. It was a day that they drank themselves silly. It was a day that they perverted themselves with pleasure till they were silly. It was a day that they would literally eat until they would vomit so they could eat again. It was a day of decadence. Rome was on its way to hell, and Jesus brought his disciples one day to Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi had the nickname called Little Rome. And it was at Little Rome that he declared, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I'm going to tell you something right now. In the 1960s, they took prayer out of schools, but they kept Halloween. I'll tell you what else. Hell is prevailing against the government. It's prevailing against the school system. It's prevailing against the market. But, old friend, there's a church that is still standing. Amen. There's still a church standing. If you leave the church. Church will still be standing. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you quit supporting the church with your money, that's what? Church will still be standing. Amen. Because you didn't build the church. Amen. Jesus built the church. And he said, when I build my church, he said, the gates of hell will not prevail. Amen. So what does that mean? That means there's still hope for the sinner. Because the world's roaming around saying, is there any hope in Babylon? Is there any hope in Babylon? So you got to understand, Little Rome was a, if you can't live for God in Little Rome, how are you going to live for God in Big Rome? If you get offended in the church, you wait till how they treat you out there outside the church. Boy, I done, my God help them. You know, people want to get mad at church folk and get mad at the brothers and the sisters when they offend them accidentally. 
But I've learned they're going to treat you a lot more rough when you go out into Babylon. And, and I've learned I'm just going to stay in the church because that's where I get my blessings. Oh, clap your hands and give God praise. Everybody ain't leaving the church. Everybody's not looking for places to get offended. Some of us are saying, I don't care how many times you offend me, come Sunday morning, I'm going to be in the prayer room because there's still a breakthrough. Hallelujah. There's still a breakthrough in Babylon. Hallelujah. It's, it's still falling even in the midst of people leaving the church. Hallelujah. I sat in my pastor's office several years ago, and I looked at a, a woman. Amen. She pointed her finger, looked at him flat-footed, flat face-to-face. Amen. She was claiming to be a prophetess. And I believe in prophetesses because it's in the Bible. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Boy, I can preach on that. Amen. Amen. But I, I believe that all of us got to be submitted to a pastor. Hey, you know, and this woman looked at him and said, if you, don't, if you don't listen to the words that I'm going to tell you, she said, this church is going to dry up in every service after this night. And I want to tell you, she's long gone, but the church is still having revival. Why? Because God said there's still a breakthrough in the midst of all the rebellion. There's still a blessing in the midst of all the chaos. I don't want to be on the fringes of the church. I want to be in the middle of the blessing. Amen. Because I found out, Brother Jonathan Thomas, that there's blessings in Babylon. Amen. There's my balance in Babylon. And if you realize there's a blessing in Babylon and there's your balance in Babylon, you're going to find out there's a breakthrough in Babylon. What are you saying? I'm saying that these three Hebrew boys and Brother Daniel, they were living in Babylon, but they wasn't in Babylon. Come on. Amen. You might be in this world, but you don't have to live in the world. Everybody can be talking negative around you and, and the market's crashing and everybody's falling out and all the marriages are going up in smoke. You can fall into that line of negative talk. But I want to tell you, there's still some blessings that are going on. Oh, clap your hands and give God some praise. Man. Why would you want to leave this? The world, the world will eat you up. The world will, you know what it will do? The world, if you go living out in this world, the world will eat up all of your blessings. Woo, hallelujah. I don't know why I'm on this. I guess somebody's making some preparations to head out. I'm trying to tell you, stick with the church. Hey, listen, I'm sorry. I ain't got nothing more polished and more prettier than that. But I will tell you, 
if you remain with the if you remain with the breakthrough in Babylon, God will make sure all of your blessings get returned back to you. You know what I found out? Genesis chapter 8 or Genesis chapter 10 verses 8 through 10. The city of Babylon, you ready for this? The city of Babylon was man-made. The city of Babylon was man-built. But the church is master-built. And I'd rather have King Jesus working on me than the devil working on me. Come on, somebody. Help me preach now. I'd rather my worst day, my worst day in the church is better than my best days out in Babylon. My God help us. Well, people get to looking for a place so they can get offended. You know what offenses do to you? They make a warrior out of you. Holy Ghost on me today. Brother, because if you can get past offenses that come from the closest degree, I'm talking about if you can get over the offenses of a brother or a sister hurting you, you can get past anything. I'm, I'm telling you, if you can't get past a brother offending you, you ain't ready for a promotion at work. Because I promise you, when you get that promotion at work and you pull up in that, that special parking spot, you wait till them co-workers look at you. Mm-hmm. She changed and she got that promotion. The next thing you know, you'll be knocking on the boss's door wanting a demotion. Because you can't handle the pressure. You can't handle the offenses. And I'm talking to somebody. God's trying to set you up for a promotion. Why? Because there's breakthrough in Babylon. You stick with the church. That's all right. Is this all right? Hey, listen. You got to deal with the offenses in the church or out of the church. You just got to choose. You got to pick your poison. Amen. But the beautiful thing about the church is that God shows you how to break through offenses. Hallelujah. I guess I'm on offenses today. You know how you, you, know, how you, you, know, how you know you break through offenses? Because you don't talk about it no more. Boy, I'm all up in the Kool-Aid about to discern the flavor, brother. Oh, yeah. You know how you get, you know how you get past offenses? Because you quit talking about it. Matter of fact, Paul said whenever you talk, it's supposed to minister grace to the hearers. Woo, help us now. As a matter of fact, Solomon said, be careful how you talk about the king in your bedchamber. He said, because there's a little bird that'll carry the matter. What's the little bird? The little kids. Boy, little kids that tell the matter, won't they? Boy, they'll just tell all your business. My mom said, you don't pay your tithes. Hey, hurry, get in the truck, get in the truck. Kids just put all the business out there. I remember one kid coming to Sunday school one time, I was teaching Sunday school. Man, he went on for about 30 minutes. How's mom and dad been arguing? I'm like, well, I guess we know who needs prayer after Sunday morning service. Thanks, little birdie. Praise God. 
They're like, man, Brother Pointexter's got discernment. No, just, just teaching Sunday school, praise God. You know the biggest breakthrough you ever have in your life is when you learn how to burst through offenses, brother. Hallelujah. When you can come to church and you, 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 can, you can find that person that's, that's, that's crossed over the line with you, that's crossed up, that you crossed up with, and you can shake their hand and you can love them and you can have a pleasant conversation with them, that's a breakthrough in Babylon is what I call that. Come on, somebody. Hey, I wasn't born yesterday. You're like, yeah, I still go to church, but yeah, when they come in through the north side, you go out through the south side. Yeah, you need a breakthrough in Babylon. Come on, somebody. Come on. Because if you're not careful, pride will get in there. And it'll be Mother's Day. And you'll, you, you want your mama to call you rather than you calling your mama. Hey. Man, I'm on some stuff. Let me back up. Amen. Guess I got the backhoe today. You know? A backhoe, you know, you're working while you're going forward, still working while you're going backwards. The greatest breakthrough you ever have and the greatest breakthroughs, plural, you will ever have is when you learn how to forgive them for all of their sins. That's what Jesus did. Where was he at? He was in the middle of his Babylon, brother, and he said, I'm going to have a breakthrough right here, right now. Father, forgive all of them. Forgive them, Jesus. Come on, why don't we lift up our hands right now? I think we need to pray a prayer. Say, Lord, I release. God, I am releasing them. Take it out of my conversation. My God, take it out of my conversation, Lord. Come on. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on, take it out of my take it out of my conversation. And I, I'm, I'm almost done. See, see, Babylon has taught us we have the right to comment and criticize everything that's unpleasing to us. Am I right? See, that's why the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, Revelation 21.5, Jesus said, I make all things new. So if you're going to have a new mind, you're going to have to get with me. You're going to have to read my word. You're going to have to get my spirit. But what happens when we, when we walk on and we start walking in the marketplace of Babylon? I'm talking about the internet, folks. I'm talking about every comment negative and everybody's want to post about all of their hurts. Boy, I know it. Hey, Babylon, what did he do? He said, we're going to bring you in. Now, now, the Bible says, brother, in whom there was no blemish. These were holy kids. These were chosen and elected of God. And the Bible says, the Bible says that when King Nebuchadnezzar, amen, he pulled them into Babylon. He pulled them into Babylon. Every man is drawn away when he's enticed of his own lust. 
I guess I'm on a few things today because I've noticed places I've been going, even at my home church, amen, all of a sudden, people that have been living for God for quite some time, all of a sudden start getting offended over petty things. And being the preacher I am, I'm going to do some CSI work, praise God. I'm going to get the little brush called prayer and fasting. I'm going to get the magnifying glass called the word of God, and I'm going to see where these offenses coming from. And I found out that there's been a force that has pulled them into another world. See, Nebuchadnezzar was the king of war. And if you stay in that world long enough, you will be warring with everybody. I'm telling you the truth. Family members fighting family members. Why? Because something she said over the Internet. Is this all right? Man, I feel like I'm walking around Minneapolis with a Mexican, with a, with a, with a, with a, with a French map, brother. Is this not where we're living today? Watch now. Because he wasn't just satisfied with them being in Babylon. The Bible said, now I want to change your diet. And if you stay in this world long enough, the word of God just won't be appealing to you like it used to be. This is why young men, middle-aged men and old men have no problem spending hours on YouTube. I'm all up in the flesh right now. Yeah, I know. I go, I go, I watch, I see airport, bus station, McDonald's, coffee shop. Man, glued. What's going on? Amen. That's what Nebuchadnezzar does to you in Babylon. He gets you to desire the, the appetites of the flesh. Hmm. This is why our world has no problem consuming Facebook. I don't know what children are consuming today, but all types of stuff. I tell you, TikTok's messing up a lot of people. Oh, boy, they, I'm, not, I'm not playing around. It's messing people up. That's Nebuchadnezzar. Hallelujah. Parents don't know what to do. Teachers don't know what to do. Principals don't know what to do. They've done everything that they can do. You know what they ought to do? Put prayer back in the school. I mean, they're trying all types of programs and after-school programs, and I'm not, I'm not against all that, but why don't we try after-school prayer for a change? Let the Holy Ghost come in. Give those kids a breakthrough. Give those kids some relief. Why? This is a spiritual battle. Amen? Because he pulled them into Babylon, and he says, I want you to, I want you to stop eating the things you were eating. He said, I want you to eat what I give you. And there's people today, brother, feeding on all types of unclean mess. Amen. People just posting whatever, whatever they want in their life. They read it, and they don't think nothing of it. They just read it and eat it, don't think nothing of it. Amen. That stuff can be posted out of a spirit of bitterness. A spirit of pride, a spirit of rebellion, and people just gobbling it down. But Daniel said, listen, 
We might be in Babylon, but we ain't eating what everybody else is eating. You know, when Isaiah prophesied about Jesus coming, he said he's going to eat butter and honey so that he knows how to discern between good and evil. Hallelujah. He was talking about Jesus as a child. He said, uh-uh, we're not going to let the Messiah feed on every unclean thing. And I'm not going to let my children nor my own self feed on every unclean thing that comes across the... All right, man. I've been preaching it, and I'll continue to preach it. I don't believe apostolic Jesus name, Holy Ghost folk ought to have a TikTok account. I just, hey, oh boy, man. I didn't grow up in church. I know the power of visual media. You know, it's funny, Elder Bobo. The world has legalized cannabis. Now everybody's getting high. But I hope the church don't get used to legalizing everything either. Wait, wait, wait. To the point we're so high on video that we can't even comprehend the preached text of the word of God. This ain't just a church problem. It's a work problem. If it was so, if it was so good, why does your workplace have a problem with it? Because they can't even handle Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar has taken over everything. But I've come to tell you, there's still some people that God is raising up in the last day saying, I'm going to put my focus on Jesus. Let me hurry along here. Man, I'm all jacked up right now. Doing demolition work. You know, when you do demolition work, brother, you get dust and all types of stuff. You're stepping on nails and man, you're getting your pants are getting ripped up and all. It's 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 dirty work, but you gotta do it. Amen. And the Bible says not only, not only, this is why you gotta be careful what you're eating on. You can't just be consuming whatever comes across the page. Pray about some stuff. Amen. Look at what your kids are looking at. You, you come for preaching, so I'm going to preach. Man, I, I've, got, I've got family members that ain't in church. They just give them the phone. Just do whatever. They go wherever. Spirits of perversion. Homosexuality. To the, to the nth degree. Stuff that'll make your skin crawl. But that's what you find in Babylon. But everybody ain't living like that. Amen. I said everybody ain't living like that. There's still people that believe in a standard. There's still people that believe, hey, hey, no, no. Everybody might be going that way, but we ain't living like that. I'm sorry. I'm just an old-fashioned preacher, I guess. Hey, but if television was wrong 25 years ago, it's still wrong. Trying to help somebody. Hallelujah. Because whatever you sit down in front of, that becomes your teacher. You know that, don't you? That's why when you was in second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, get in here, sit your butt down. 
then all of a sudden you stop talking. That's what happens when you sit in front of the screen. You sit down and you stop talking. And the visual starts giving you a lesson. It'll teach children how to be perverted. It'll teach kids how to be rebellious. It'll teach you how to argue with the preacher. It'll teach you how to be prideful. Come on now. Man, boy, I I don't enjoy preaching like this. But I'm trying to help people, brother, because people are battling. I was at a church not too long ago. A girl came up to me. She was, she was mad every service. Sweet little girl, about 13, 14, spirit of anger on her. And then I looked at her. She had black fingernail polish. She had, she, everything was black. She had black makeup on. She had, she had black lipstick on. Her hair was dyed black. She had black clothes on. I'm like, man, I'm, had me thinking I was mixed, praise God. <laughs> well, a few shades lighter, you know, light-skinned brother, you know. Just, just get my confidence back, praise God. I'm just teasing. Preached a few services, couldn't get a breakthrough out of her. She wouldn't come pray. She wouldn't open up her mouth. She wouldn't lift up her hand. I got a problem with that, brother. You in the house of God, how come you can't lift your hands and worship God? But old dude at the football stadium got his shirt ripped off, body full of paint, all hair all on his chest, his belly looking all crazy. He can lift up his hands, though. You see how the world's done got us all twisted up? Because you'll you'll bring that spirit to the house of God, and that spirit says, if you lift up your hands, you're going to embarrass yourself. And and the the enemy will try to convince you to keep your mouth closed, keep your hands down, don't worship God. But anywhere else, get to the restaurant, get to the ball game, man, people say, oh, yeah, that's my team. Team ain't won in 20 years. Ain't even got a Super Bowl ring. But anyway, so I was, I got out my, my little, I did some investigative work. So it was after service, and I was talking to her, and, and uh, then I found out. We was just talking, and I was asking about her, and this and that, and hey, sis, you been coming, and, and uh, what, what, you know, you like to read? Yeah, I like to read. What kind of books you reading? She said, Stephen King. Oh, that explains it. Because what you ingest is what you become. Can I just preach? Now, Brother Hood's my friend, so I'm going to preach. There's just some things you can't, you can't, you, your mind and your body was not meant to, to digest. You know what I'm talking about? If you sit up there and you listen to 48-hour to mysteries, about death and decay and perversion. You know what you're going to have? A spirit of fear following you. I don't see how people sit up there and watch and listen to all this stuff. Hey, man, my mom, my mom watches that stuff. And I come home, I'm, I, I come to my mom and say, turn that off. I can't, I don't, I don't listen to that stuff. Uh-uh. Get, is this all right, man? I'm just, <laughs> hey. I'm trying to help somebody here, man. Because he wasn't just fine with having them in Babylon. He wanted to change the diet. You ready? Then he wanted to change their name. Which means change their identity. 
their name was God-given. Because this world will strip you of your God-given identity if you let it. I believe there is a clarion call from the throne of heaven telling everybody to back off out of this world. Amen. Man, I wanted to shout more and rip this rip she rock off the walls. But it's stuff like this. It's it's See, I just got a text message right there. Why is it everywhere I go, everybody's always glued to the phone? I'm, I'm talking about Pentecostals that are still connected to. It's one thing to be connected to a backslider. That's all right. But a bitter backslider that don't have respect for your men of God? Don't have respect for the church. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to Trinity, I'm going to Trinity Communion now. And you, and you, you think that stuff don't affect us? Oh, hallelujah! To the visitors, I apologize. This is just church business, but it's gonna help you too. Oh, hallelujah. Lift up your hands right now. Musician, come. Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mmm. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, listen, listen to me. Listen, please listen to me. I mean, nobody's going to, nobody's going to micromanage this right here. But I'm telling you right now, man, I'm, I'm telling you. It says, for all that's in the world, you ready? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. That means if you prioritize with everything out there over this, he said, the love of the Father is not going to be in you. That's what he said. Because you know what the lust of the flesh is? The world, Babylon, is driven by the lust of the flesh. That is talking about sexual pleasure, sexual gratification, 
whether it be video, imagery, pornography, adultery, fornication, uh, evil concupiscence, lasciviousness, seductress dress, all that stuff. It's all the lust of the flesh. This is why the school systems and workplaces, they're having a pornography problem. He said it is a cage of every unclean bird. He said it is a hold of every foul spirit. I can't think of nothing else. Every, every unclean thing. Just in a few seconds, brother. You can be high on Sunday and by Monday. Amen. The lust of the eyes, you know what the lust of the eyes is all about? That is the desire of riches, possessions, and the superior lifestyle. Nothing wrong with being blessed. Nothing wrong with increase. When God gives it to you, by all means, take it. But the world is driven by it. Because if you have to miss church in order to make money, friend, you're going to miss the boat. Now, let me clarify. I, I know schedule, different things with the schedule, but I'm talking about when money is your main priority and you have no problem missing Wednesday and Sunday and Wednesday and Sunday and you don't miss church five, five services in a row. Friend, you in Babylon. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. You ready? This, this third one's going to hit us. The pride of life. That is the addiction of the outward appearance and the physique of the body nothing wrong. It's, it's a part of this world, brother. You, you got to make money. You got to find comfort. You got to take care of your body. But when I put all of these things over God, and this is the message that this world preaches right here. Oh, hallelujah. It's right there all the time in our face, in our face. All of a sudden, your car just, your car ain't good enough no more. All of a sudden, your church just ain't good enough no more. That's what Nebuchadnezzar said. He said, your name ain't good enough. But there were still some boys at the end that said, well, we still going to stand. Well, we, we in Babylon, but we don't have to live here like, like Babylonians. And, and brother, I know this ain't a Paulist message. I apologize for that, man. I wanted to want my message to look good as this brother's looking right here. Get old junkyard dog message today. But I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you, I just located 99% of people's problem if they would just back off off that world. I'm not minimizing anybody's trouble, but I've never been in a day where so many people have been, have been, now everybody's got anxiety. Everybody, you t everybody's got anxiety. Everybody's depressed. You got, you got doctors in this world trying to tell you, get off the phone because it's increasing depression. Huh? Come on, somebody. You look on there, everybody pro professing a, a fake lifestyle. Everybody pro lying about how much money they got and what they've got and all this and that. And 
man, you see people sitting there and, and, and this person, they about to, man, they holding up the title to their new home that they just built. All of a sudden, your home just ain't good enough. Sinking, man, I'm sinking. Let's stand to our feet, praise God. Anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost today? Hallelujah. Now, if you, you say, man, that preacher must have had a rock in his shoe or something. He's irritated. I'm not irritated. I just know the Bible says we are not ignorant concerning saints' devices. Can't be ignorant concerning Satan's devices. Hallelujah. And so I was several years ago, about 10, 12 years ago, I was preaching in Douglas, Wyoming. Anybody know where that's at? A couple people. Douglas, Wyoming. You blink, you miss it. And uh, I got up early. I had to preach on a Saturday. I got up early. Man, I was going to uh, preach that Saturday morning. So I said, well, I'm going to get up and pray. I need to pray. I need to pray. So I got up earlier that morning, and I prayed and uh, spent some time with God. I got up from the little corner in that basement of that house where I was praying, and it was so early in the morning, maybe it was about 4 o'clock in the morning, I was still a little tired. So I said, well, I'm going to get a couple more hours of sleep before I uh, get up and get ready. So I got up the corner and I walked over to the bed and the bed was laying this direction and so when I, I turned around and in transition of standing to falling on the bed that's when I saw this demonic principality stand up it's so tall his, his head was looked like it was scraping the ceiling of the wall it had to be about 10 feet tall and I seen him first it was a glance and I seen him as he came towards me, I saw the, uh, he was a warrior of time past. And immediately in the Holy Ghost, I knew he was from Babylon. I knew he was a warrior. He had the markings of a, of a mighty warrior, and the garb that he had on. And he was, he, was, he, was, he was a general. It was like he possessed Nebuchadnezzar himself. He was fierce. He hated the people of God. There was no mercy in his eyes. He was red and yellow with murder and death. And he hated me, and he hated what we stood for. And he caught me in the middle of transition, and right at the point, you hear me now, he caught me in the middle of transition where I wasn't really standing, but I wasn't resting. All of that is significant when you see a spirit. He came over, and as I was laid on the bed, I started to get up, but he was already over me, Brother Jonathan, and he pushed with all of his strength. He pushed me down on the bed with so much pride. And he looked at me, and we locked eyes. And in this guttural, low, monotone, rough voice, language I didn't understand with my English ear, but he started to speak words in a Babylonian tongue. And as he began to speak these words, I couldn't understand with my English ear, but I, I could understand with the Holy Ghost ear. And you know what he was saying? Where's the miracles? Why are you still coming to this church? Why do you still believe in this doctrine? What's wrong with this world? Why do you still preach holiness? 
Why can't people live the way they want to live? And then he began to mock, do you really think that people are going to enjoy this message? Do you really think this is what people want? Do you really think they're going to believe this message? And I remember squirming, trying to get out of his grip. And I remember asking God, God, what do I do? And the Holy Ghost spoke to me, and the Lord said, where is your Bible? I said, Lord, it's right there on the nightstand. He said, you reach for it. And then when I begin to reach for it, that's when God began to prophesy to me. He said, as long as you stay in my word, as long as you keep a desire for the word of God, as long as you reach for the things of God and the things that are preached in the church, and as long as you keep reaching for God, amen, this world will never overpower you. Mm. You know what God is raising up in the last day? He's raising up lovers of God. Lovers of God. He's raising up lovers of God. Because when this world is ready to come out of Babylon, they're going to look for a lighthouse. They're going to look for a Daniel. They're going to look for a Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They're going to look for the king's children that says, hey, we found some folk. There's no blemish there. We found some people that still stand in the king's palace. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So God said, this is what I'm doing in this season. He said, I'm pouring out my spirit upon people to help them overcome and give them a breakthrough so they're not dominated by this world. Come on, anybody need a breakthrough? I know I do. I'll be the first one to tell you, God, I need a breakthrough in my life. This world is pulling on me, the po political agenda, and earthquakes and rumors of wars and diverse places and perversion and crime and, God, the entertainment, all of this stuff, all of these things in Babylon. But, God, I need a breakthrough in my life. Amen. If you need something from God, I know I preached today, but if you need something from God, I want you to come to the front. Amen. It's between you and God. Just come. And you lift up your hands and you begin to lift up your voice. And I believe that God, God himself is going to talk to you. He loves his people. He loves his church. He said, Babylon has fallen. Come on, Babylon is fallen. Babylon the Great is fallen. Oh, come on, there's anointings in this place. There's anointing and callings. Come on, Lord, I want to be a lover. I want to be a lover of God. I want to put you first. Oh, I'm not going to believe the lies of the devil. There's a calling on my life. Come on, if you know that God has got something for you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, if you need more of God, if you're desiring more of him, I want you to come to the front. Let us pray for you. Let the Holy Ghost touch you. Come on, teach us how to pray in the Make last day, oh God. 
Come on, somebody dig deep, deep in the spirit and say, God, I'm going to put you first. I'm putting you first. May the fire on my altar never burn out. May the fire on my altar never burn out. In the name of Jesus. Make me a house of prayer. May the fire on my altar never burn out. May the fire on my altar never burn out.
as you begin to speak in the heavenly language, as God begins to fill you up from heaven, come on, if you need prayer today, there's a breakthrough in the house. Come on, if you need prayer, there's a breakthrough in this place.